Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Justin Nude, where today I have a treat for you. I'm sorry. This is just going to be amazing. I, I, uh, I every so often am blessed to meet someone that maybe no one's ever heard of or should have heard of or I hadn't heard of. And the second you meet this person, the second you hear their story, the second you see their love and dedication for America, you go and you say, the world needs to meet this person. And I've got that person today. Retired New York Fire Department Lieutenant Niels Jorgensen is going to join us today. He is just one of the many heroes forged that day 20 plus years ago on 9-11. Uh, he responded. He stayed on scene. He breathed the air around those collapsed towers. He got the rarest forms of leukemia, was told he was about to die, but this Irish firefighter doesn't take that diagnosis laying down, and he beat leukemia. He beat it. And since that time, he has been on a mission to make sure that Americans never forget, just like the special we had last week, all the great people that day, what they said uh, uh, mattered and resonated in such a way. What Niels Jorgensen has done in recent weeks and recent months is to put together an effort to accomplish two things. One, there are tens of thousands of people still ill from illnesses related to breathing the air, working the ground, working crime, uh, the crime scene, uh, the rescue operations there, firefighters, uh, FBI, NYPD, everyday humans. They have cancers, they have autoimmune diseases, they have all sorts of painful uh, afflictions. And we must serve them like we've served the families of those who died in the towers today. The numbers who are afflicted and are dying are actually bigger than the numbers now that died in the towers that day. That's how big a future crisis we have here. And Niels Jorgensen is fighting for them, just like John Stewart's been fighting for them, just like Frank Siller's been fighting for them. And I want you to hear his story. I want you to hear it is. And then he's got a second thing, because you may not believe this statistic. You may not believe this. But once you hear it and you check it out and you find out it's true, you're going to go, oh, my God. There are nearly half of the states in America do not teach 9-11 in their school curriculum. They excise it from our country's history. One of the most devastating days in world history 
and it doesn't show up in the curriculum of uh, many schools, many uh, school districts around this country. And Niels is here to change that. He wants to make it mandatory. What an important and great idea that is. We're going to have Niels on here in just a second. Get ready. This is going to be talking to a real honest to God, old Irish fireman with the a belly burning for America and a story that will literally bring you to tears. Uh, he is a very special man, and I'm so proud to have the opportunity to, to connect you with him today. Um, he is an, a true American hero and somebody that should inspire us. Every time we get down on America, say, God, this place can't get any worse. Niels Jorgensen reminds us that this country is still producing some of the most amazing people the world has ever seen, and he's living proof. All right, before we get there, just real quickly, uh, yep, John Durham finally, 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 can I say finally one more time? Dropped another indictment. Only a year late, only well after the election, but it is an essential indictment. Yesterday, he, as we predicted, indicted Democratic super lawyer Michael Sussman, for using Clinton campaign funds to construct a debunked memo claiming that there was a secret back computer channel where Donald Trump and Vladimir were um, communicating the now highly discarded and uh, debunked alpha bank theory, as we call it. Okay, well, what this indictment revealed was he used Clinton campaign funds, did this at the behest of the campaign, had Hillary Clinton pay for it, used his former connections as a DOJ lawyer to walk it into the FBI and then lied to the FBI about the fact that he was doing this on behalf of a client and perhaps even more compellingly, he turned over the information after he and his team had concluded or had been warned that these, this computer theory might have been just pure bunk or a red herring as the indictment says. Why is this story important? Well, it is the second of a three-legged stool of Hillary Clinton's political dirty trick. And let me just walk you through them. Um, uh, we have a great story up in the site. I wrote it last night to try to make sense of why this indictment is so important. Go to the site and check it. The headline is, New Durham Indictment Exposes Second Leg of Hillary Clinton's Russia Collusion Dirty Trick. And I talk in the story that there are three legs to this. The Christopher Steele leg. MI6 guy uses his uh, panache and Hillary Clinton's money to walk in bogus allegations, Russian disinformation, it turns out on Donald Trump, then a former Justice Department lawyer, Michael Sussman, now working for the Perkins Coie Law Firm, by the way, also paying uh, Christopher Steele, uh, and with Hillary Clinton funds walks in what turns out to be a debunked idea of Russia collusion via computer. And then you have the cabal of bureaucrats, the State Department officials, the DOJ officials, uh, people like uh, Bruce Orr, who walk in the allegations through friendship uh, to the FBI, flooding the FBI from three direct directions. Career bureaucrats, former DOJ lawyer, former MI6 respected intelligence operative, and together they put together the greatest political dirty trick in American history. And what is so remarkable about the Sussman indictment, and we put it there, you can download it and read it yourself because it's such a great read, is the effort at deceit that occurred here. I, I had Devin Nunes on the phone last night. I just want to read his quote to you because I think it sums it up great. And then you can go read the story. This is what Devin Nunes said. The indictment is damning, full of shocking details showing how the Clinton campaign operatives and lawyers resorted to illegal and immoral methods to concoct false allegations against the Trump campaign and feed them to the FBI and the medium. Sussman 
Steele, they all had media contacts too. They were leaking there. Secondly, obviously many more people need to face justice, but it's gratifying to see Durham begin to unravel the web of lies and deceit that surrounded the Russia collusion hoax. Uh, that sums it up pretty good. Read the story, a lot of details, read the indictment. You'll get a sense of just how sophisticated this political dirty trick was, how many people were in on it, how much of Hillary Clinton's money was used. Wow, pretty important stuff, wouldn't you say? All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, as promised, Niels Jorgensen, an NYFD firefighter, I promise you, you will never forget after you hear his story. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a true American hero, someone we all owe an enormous debt of gratitude. And let me tell you what, all the sacrifices he's made in the past, he's still giving them today. Joining me for the first time on the show today is retired NYFD uh, Lieutenant Niels Jorgensen. Niels, it is an honor to have you on the show. Well, John, thank you, sir. And it's an honor to be here. And uh, I just want to say I'm, I'm no hero. <clears throat> My friends who gave their lives that morning and the, the folks who've passed since with 9-11 illnesses those are the true heroes and uh but i appreciate for the compliment but uh thank you for thank you for having me here today well every every cause needs somebody who personifies the goodness and the and the toughness and the importance of the mission and i think your life story of being there and supervising the rescue operations and hailing that dust getting uh, leukemia, beating leukemia, and then not forgetting that there's many others like you that need help is so inspiring. And it just, it is what makes what you're doing so just. And so I would like to start just by having you tell us a little bit about what happened with you on 9-11 and then the process of that led to you getting sick, how you beat it, and uh, what got you involved in, in calling attention to others who, who the thousands upon thousands who, got, who have 9-11 illness. So put, it, put us in your, in your boots on the, uh, the morning of 9-11. Yes, sir. Um, on that particular morning, I was off duty working my moonlight job uh, delivering home heating oil. And uh, the events were unfolding and initially just thought it was a, a plane crash. And the on-duty platoon would just take care of it. And they, they normally don't want us running in for major events because of accountability and you know we're 10,000 member department so uh, they don't want people just running in and no one knows where they are so I, I reported to my firehouse uh, we were given a recall order which means that uh, we were obligated all NYPD, FDMI and EMS to report to their commands immediately due to the attack. Um, upon that we, we had about 12 off-duty firefighters from my command ladder company 114 in Brooklyn we commandeered a city bus and we took that bus over the Brooklyn Bridge to City Hall Park and were basically let off the bus there. And then the driver was, who was brave enough to take us in. He took off. But uh, on the way over, the, uh, just prior to getting on the Brooklyn Bridge, the second tower had come down. Mm. So we were 
we were highly concerned that all of our colleagues were, were gone. Um, the on-duty platoon of Ladder 114 had responded there. And um, basically, when, after we started uh, being deployed and going on our search missions, we became aware that there was a report of initially 400-and-some-odd firefighters that were missing and unaccounted for. Right. Um, unfortunately, that ended up being 343 New York City firefighters, mm. uh, 30, 37 Port Authority police, 23 New York City police, and a dozen EMT medics, uh, a couple of federal agents, and a couple of New York State court officers that yeah. all rushed to the scene and, and perished. And one amazing um, chaplain, too, right? Father Michael Judge, who I... Yes, sir. My, my Irish mother, my Irish mother uh, <laughs> loved him well. And uh, yeah, Father Michael was a wonderful human being. Uh, I was in a bad fire truck wreck in 1993, and he came to the hospital immediately with my family. And no uh, kidding. I struck up a relationship with him then. Yes, sir. He was a wonderful, wonderful soul. And uh, Father Judge, God rest him, he, he passed away giving last rites to a victim in the lobby of the Trade Center. Yep. He had just given last rites to our first firefighter killed, Daniel Sir. And Daniel was killed by a jumper, some poor soul who just desperately jumped for their life rather than burn to death. Mm. And uh, immediately after giving last rites, uh, Father Judge went into the lobby to administer a blessing. He kneeled down to give last rites to a victim who was horribly burned, and he was struck by debris and killed. Mm. And there's the iconic photo of him being led away to up to the church. I believe it's St. Peter's Church, and he yeah. was just laid there in dignity and respect for a while until we can get back to him. But yeah, Father Mike was a great guy. He'd show up in the middle of the night at a raging fourth alarm in January, and he'd be out there in his sandals and his robe, and he'd be praying for you. And uh, <laughs> just a just a great, great Irish soul. And he sure uh, was. he's up for sainthood. He's up for sainthood, and you know we're really hoping he gets it. He Absolutely, it. we've written about that, and he deserves it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's so, so you um, you get to the scene. Uh, you're called back to duty. Uh, you commandeer the bus. An amazing story of how everybody just worked together that day. Bus driver, it didn't matter who you were, you pitched in that day to help. Um, That's right, yes. Then you worked the scene in rescue operations for several days, correct? I did. Initially, we were there until about 4 or 5 the next morning, and, and the crew I was with, we were literally medically just destroyed, uh, couldn't breathe, you know, our throats were caked with uh, dust and glass and cement, and <laughs> our eyes, and our lieutenant, uh, Brian Gorman, decided to say, guys, we need to go back and regroup took another bus through the Battery Tunnel, which is the uh, same one that, that Stephen Siller from the Tunnels of Towers as named after him for right. uh, had run through earlier that morning. And um, we got back to the firehouse. We regrouped. We got some more gear. We, we got medical aid, and then we went back that morning and continued on. And I guess it was about four days before I was able to get out of there and go home. Mm. And uh, my childhood best friend, lovely, lovely guy named John Chart, uh, John was on duty that morning. And... Uh, he didn't, he didn't come home, and uh, when I got home four days later, my wife told me some great news that we're, we're going to have another baby. Wow. And uh, I said, yeah, that's that's great, but John's wife's pregnant too, and, and we had just gotten a call that morning that she she called the firehouse and said she was pregnant, and he was never going to hold his little son who was mm. who was born three days three days before my little beautiful daughter. And mm. uh, it's a lot of guilt with that because he was such a good guy. And yep. 
John was one of those guys who was eternally smiling. He had those those chubby cheeks that were always rosy and red, and, and he just was an eternal character. My type smiling of guy. No I got the same was. cheeks. Yes, yeah, so, well, you, that's, uh, and I used to love to grab him and kiss him, and, and you know. And, and the last time I saw him, I was I was driving my fire truck, and he was in the associated engine, which was just down the street, two hundred one. Mm. And he was facing outward. He sat behind a lieutenant with his, you know, back to back. Right, and, right. Uh, his arm out the window and we were about 10 feet away and I smiled I said I'll see you later buddy he said, all right buddy I'll see you later and they pulled down the road and I never saw him again and mm. uh I want to do some good in his name John you know he, he was a wonderful soul and uh just want to try to make him and all my brave brave friends proud and just say guys you haven't been forgotten although although a lot of folks uh are not talking about it and Unfortunately, half the states in the United States have no 9-11 curriculum to be Isn't taught. Isn't that amazing? It's just unthinkable. It is. It's a sin, actually. It's it a is. sin, and we're on a mission now to change that and to hope. You know, we're, we're trying to gently persuade minds and change them in the right direction with positive messages, with good spirit, with, with love, with unity. But it's just so sad because it's it's not taught, and it's, yep. it's it should be. It should be. It's a, it's a crime against humanity not to remind people every time we can what happened that day because it was the worst global terror attack in history, and we can't forget. So you, you, you spend those four days, and you go back to being just the extraordinary firefighter you are, your lieutenant, and then around 2010, 2011, you get some pretty bad news, don't you? Yes, sir. I um, hadn't been feeling good for a couple of years, and uh, after a long, arduous uh, just journey of trying to find out what the heck was wrong, I had a couple of doctors that weren't so empathetic. I, uh, I was diagnosed with a very rare, very advanced leukemia. Um, I got to the hospital and I was told by the medical team that took over my care that I had about 48 hours to live. And, oh my uh, gosh. They, they did a massive rapid intervention and um, they had to find that the chemo was so rare and they had to literally fly it in from the Cleveland Clinic. And the long and the short for most civilians I had an education was uh, I was given two and a half years of chemo compressed into seven days, um, massive bags wow. of chemo and it never stopped. And it felt like I was burning to death from the inside out. And yep. I prayed, I prayed to die. And, uh, my beautiful Irish mother-in-law who went to church every day and she had passed six months before that. Um, I saw her in a bit of a vision and she said, go back. Not yet. There's not yet. He's not ready. And, uh, I, she used to call me her boyfriend because we were Irish and we talked a lot and uh, she underst I understood her, she understood me and I and I went back John, I really did want to die because it was in such pain and uh, it took a couple years to get really back on my feet and uh, I lost my priesthood they made me retire in January of 12 because mm -hmm. you're now a liability and right, uh, right. I understand the way the system works but um, anyway I, I moved on and I, I worked as a stagehand in the uh, filming union in New York City and um, it's it's a great job with great people but I wanted to give back. I wanted to help people directly, and I prayed for a way for a long time. And uh, Iron Light Labs, the, the folks who were sponsoring this charity project, were kind enough to uh, reach out to me and give me an opportunity to, to give me a voice, to give me a microphone, to interview these beautiful, brave souls that sacrificed everything on that day, strangers helping strangers. And we have stories about folks who carried people down flights and flights of stairs, didn't even know them kicked in doors to rescue people who were burned, didn't even know them. And then, you know, the stories of, of gentlemen and, and lions like, like, you know, Frank Siller with Tunnel to Towers and right. this gentleman named John Field from the Feel Good Foundation right. who, 
who literally with John Stewart and unfortunately a couple gentlemen who passed away in the process of, of shaming our politicians, uh, firefighter Ray Pfeiffer, who suffered for eight years with terminal cancer, and Detective Luis Alaberez, who suffered with terminal cancer and, and testified all in the name of Detective James Zadroga, who died of an advanced rare lung disease and, and was said, was quoted as basically being said he was not a hero, he died of an overdose. And the reasoning behind that was his doctors told him to grind up his pain pills and take them any way he could, ingest them, snort them, this, that, for immediate relief. Mm. So at his autopsy, they found talcum, the lining of the, the pills, in yeah. his lung lining, and they said, well, that's opiate abuse, that's not lung disease. So here's this hero who dug for months as a detective trying to identify body parts, and now his family was being denied a death benefit. So John Feel and his army, as we call them, right. took, this, took up this charge, and John, I was blessed enough to be with them a couple times in Washington, and I watched this man and his army chase politicians, literally politicians, alleged leaders, running into closets and cloakrooms to hide from the wrath of John because he was not going to let them BS their way through signing on this legislation. And it's just such an honor to know a man like John who, who was screwed over himself. He was an iron worker, a demolition expert, who lost half of his foot a couple days into the operations and <clears throat> ended up with $600,000 in medical bills because he developed sepsis and then was told, sorry, no one's paying your bill. Oh, by the by, we're going to take your house. And I ended up with a similar situation. I was being sued for $125,000 because of my cancer treatment month in a hospital. No one wanted to pay it. And my insurance, which I understand, they said, well, this is terrorism. We don't cover that. And workers' comp said, well, we don't cover cancer. So now you're in that limbo. Yep, and John stuck. decided... Yes, sir. And John said, enough of the friggin' limbo. Let's get it done. And he did. And John Stewart, the actor, coupled up with those guys and literally shamed our leaders into doing the right thing. And God bless them for doing that, because now if I if I am to succumb to my cancer, my family will be covered and my medical bills are now covered if something happens with it, all because of John Feel. And, you know, you know, sir, the funny thing about it is the politicians that lined up two, three deep on the West Side Highway yep. to get pictures with responders and to make hashtags never forget. And we love our responders. And, well, a lot of them have disappeared. They've gone away. They're no longer our friends. Yep, the cameras aren't and there sir, anymore, are they? No, sir. And now, and now you have thousands of people suffering with autoimmune diseases that are yep. not covered under the federal legislation. And these ladies and gentlemen are suffering in silence and going bankrupt from rare autoimmune immunes that we know are from down there. But the government will not say they are because, again, it runs into money. Yep. That's what it is, the almighty dollar. Well, I want to tackle the two amazing causes that you are uh, uh, leading in the charge on. So you did this incredible series, 20 on 20, uh, 20 American heroes honored on the 20th anniversary. It is an amazing podcast. Uh, these stories are are numbing, and they bring to life, they bring you to tears, but they, you've done it in such a dignified way that people really feel like they're in the shoes of these American heroes, and that's so important for ensuring long-term we don't forget. But there are two really things that you're trying to achieve, right? The first is in those 20-plus states where they don't teach anything about 9-11 right now, you want to get that in the curriculum so that they never forget uh, goal is built into education. Is that is that uh, goal number one for you? 
That's correct, sir. Yeah, the the, pro, uh, the, the uh, project is called 2420podcast.com. It's uh, 20FOR20podcast.com. And, and um, our main mission right now is there's a few of them, but yeah, we're, we're trying to basically say, look, we need to, we need to have this built into the curriculum of education in the United States, which right now is less than 50% of, of the states are, are having it in their curriculum. And we, we want to draw and raise awareness to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation and the Feel Good Foundation and these other the Fire Family Transport uh, Foundation, which literally brings sick responders and recovery workers back and forth all day long to cancer treatments. Um, these beautiful charities that are still out there helping. Mm-hmm. And as we know, Tunnel to Towers, we, we, we take care of our military, beloved military. I'm a proud veteran. I was uh, only a U.S. Army reservist and National Guardsman, but I, I, ser- I serve proudly. And I truly love and just just love my hero, my fellow hero warriors out there who are being screwed over. So with our podcast, we're just we're trying to get these beautiful stories out there of of selfless, beautiful people who just went above and beyond. And some of them are alive, and some of them are dead. Mm-hmm. And and their stories are heartbreaking. And and we just asking folks to listen in. And if they can, if they have the means to financially support these these great organizations. And, you know, folks are really kind to us. We had this gentleman, Lex Friedman, who has a very, very big podcast, and he's a gentleman. And just out of nowhere, he asked us to come on and to tell about our project. And the comments from his listeners have been so beautiful and so heartfelt. And, and I was so touched in my heart about these strangers who, who don't even know me. But I guess they heard in my voice my determination to just spread the good messages about good people who truly have been forgotten. I recently was on a plane with my family and the young lady sitting next to us, she's very intelligent. She was, but she, she saw my fire department baseball cap that I proudly wear with a shamrock FDMY 114. <laughs> I love it. And I, uh, it's Tally Ho. That's our nickname. And, uh, this, this, this old Irish airborne ranger, Jack Carroll, who came back from Normandy and, started the nickname and started saying it on the radio and, and now all these years later that's they know it tally ho and she said sir are you a fireman and i said well ma'am i i used to be I'm retired and she said why would you retire i said well i have cancer and she said well how i said well from 9 11 and she said what's what's 9 11 no wasn't that, I, my hand yes sir and she said wasn't that something about a plane and a building and i and i, I gave oh my god little, and now i'm hearing that and I was heartbroken because she was a s- sweet, intelligent young person. Yeah. And she said, oh, they don't, they don't teach us that in school. And then all of a sudden I realized we just started the project. And I go, now I know why I'm doing this. You know, I can't, when I was, John, when I was 12 years old, you know, I'm 53 now. And when I was 12, I could tell you everything about Pearl Harbor right. and Normandy and, and, you know, the Battle of the Bulge. And, you know, the Pacific campaign in Iwo Jima. I mean, I idolized these people that gave me my freedom. You know, my, my Irish immigrant mother who came here at 16 and my, my grandpa Nils, who I'm named after from Denmark. And these people just love my, my granddad has passed, but I still have my Irish mother and they love this country so much. Yeah, and sure we're did. not teaching the history to the young. And, and we're really a generation away from it just slipping away. And there being no knowledge of it at all. And I have to believe that that's being done by design. There's folks out there who don't want this to be pitched and, and 
and taught. And some people have said it's offensive. How could 9-11 be offensive? It's offensive to the people who were killed and, and given illnesses. But so we're going to try to hopefully gently change that and, and get people out there talking about it, saying, no, we need our kids to know about this. I had an adult, an adult that I know, and they're a nice person, say to me, oh, so what year anniversary is it this year? And I said, please tell me, you're kidding. Because it's something they don't even really think about. I said, it happened in 2001, and it's 2021, the 20th anniversary. And, oh, yeah, yeah, it was 2000. Okay. And, and I know life's busy. Life goes on. But, my God, you don't even know when it happened. Amazing. Because some people, they can't, they can't relate. Didn't really, it didn't really affect them personally. It didn't confront them. So they don't have that empathy. They didn't walk in anyone's shoes of pain. And, and I understand that. But at least let everyone else know about all those people who walked in those shoes and the brave deeds that they did for strangers. Yep, they, they did. The, the, uh, the selflessness is extraordinary. Uh, You've been in remission now for, what, uh, nine years? Going on, yeah, going on 10, John. I'm really wow. lucky. Um, I have to think it's my Irish mother praying on overdrive and uh, <laughs> the good Lord is looking out for me. But, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed. I, uh, I I moved to Tennessee, and I, I, I have a little farm, and uh, I needed a quieter life to help heal my fractured soul, as I say, and, and clear my mind. And now it's it's given me this strength. It's galvanized me to, to go on this mission. And, you know, John, there was this beautiful feeling on September the 12th there was the day after as tragic and as sad as the day prior to that was there was this sense of love and almost not joy but like this sense of just kindness and everyone was embracing each other and they were lined up and down the west side highway and they had signs and they had flags and they were hugging us and it was all colors all creeds everyone the entire cross-section of america and then within days when they opened up the airspace, there was people coming from around the world to help us, to volunteer, to dig, to give us soup, to give us water, to give us whatever it was, and just to hug us and say, we love you guys, we're proud of you. And they were hugging each other. It didn't make a freaking difference what political party, what the, it didn't matter. Where did it go, John? Where did it go? It is such an important thing. It really is. We, we've become so divided. Now, uh, we lost just under 3,000 people uh, between Washington, Pennsylvania, and New York, the majority, of course, in New York. How many people have been afflicted with the illnesses that came afterwards from ground zero and breathing in the, 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 the dust, the fumes, the cancerous materials? What does that population now look like? And is it larger than the population impacted that day? You know, John, the exact number of, of ill, you know, shame on me, I, I, I draw in a blank, it's, it's, it's in a couple hundred thousand now, I believe. Yeah. I think, no, I think it's actually 80,000 people that are actively ill right. with, with diseases and illnesses that, that are now being tracked by the you know, World Trade Center monitoring. And again, thankfully, John Feel and his army, then now every one of them has health care. And every one of them who lost their job and can't work, they, they got compensation. But the scary statistic is there's now more people who've died from 9-11 cancers and lung disease and autoimmunes. Over 3,000 folks, there was 2,977 souls taken that morning. And now the souls who have since departed from illnesses have surpassed that. And it's two people a day on average being diagnosed with an illness related and one person a day dying from those diseases. 
Mm. And, and according to John Feel and the research he's done, the next five years are going to be very, very bad for people who are down there. And John basically said by 2035, there's an expectation that there will not be many survivors still alive that were there that day. Wow. Now, those are young folks. You know, I'm turning 53 in a couple of weeks. So that puts me at about 66 years old. And, you know, the way the country's going, you know, it's no country for old men anymore. It's not a great place at times. You know? <laughs> but I, 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 but I, have, I have hope, right? I mean, I really do have hope that we turn it around. But I don't want to pass at 66. Yeah. And, and my friends, we're all in our 50s. Some of my guys are in their 60s. And everybody's sick. You know, in my crew that day, there was 20 guys. There's 10 of us with cancer. Wow. And we're actually considered lucky because out of those 10, we're all staying ahead of it. There's other crews where they've had guys with cancer, but they all died. I mean, I have a friend of mine, Ronnie, Ronnie Schweck, he had three cancers. He had throat, spinal column, and lung cancer and fought one after the other after the other. And the poor guy finally, finally succumbed to lung cancer. And this was a 62-year-old mountain of a man. I mean, the guy was a, an oak tree. And it took him so swift and so severe. And this other beautiful soul, Larry Sullivan, my, my friend, he rescued five, this big Irishman, and I'll never forget it, ran into him at the medical clinic at the fire department. And he says, hey, what are you doing here? I says, I got cancer. How about you? He goes, yeah, yeah, me too. But he goes, you know what? We're two big, dumb mix. We're going to beat this, bro. We got this. We'll beat this. You know? And that's the Irish in us, John, right? That's Absolutely how we roll, is. You know? yeah. we, we take it. We take what we, we've been dealt, and we deal with it. Yeah. And you know, Joe, John, the cruel irony is nine months later, I'm standing at Larry's funeral, sobbing, sobbing like a baby, because now I'm saying, why, God? Why did you spare me? And why did you take Larry? Why? And now I realize that it's just, it's fate. It's the fate we've been dealt. Yep. But this poor, great guy who gave everything, who now has a couple of sons on the department. And, and you know, there's 69 uh, young people on the FDMI now who had parents on the fire department who were killed. Mm. So, so they're following with this beautiful legacy to honor their parents who died. But why? Why are these beautiful souls like Larry just, just being taken on a daily, yep. weekly basis? You know, and, and not many people are recognizing it. Well, what about these poor soldiers that are coming home battered and broken, and they're ending up homeless? That should not happen in the United States not. of America. Nope, we give out not. bags of money to people who we don't even know, and yet, this is what I don't understand, John. That young, beautiful Marine a few weeks back who was in a photo holding yep. an Afghani baby, baby. who yep. said, I have my dream job. She made $22,000 a year. But you see, in the military, you don't work 40 hours. Nope. You work 80, 80. you work 90. Sure so do. she was making probably probably six bucks an hour, seven yep. bucks an hour, but yet she had her dream job because she was helping people. And now, and now it's like she didn't even, she didn't even count because they, they weren't even allowed to mention her name in Congress. Yeah. How sick is that? How sick is that? And this is what just drives us crazy, us responders and us military class. It's just, we don't want anyone, you know, opening doors or rolling out red carpets, but just a handshake and a thank you. And then when you come down with a bad injury and a bad illness, could you at least cover our medical bills? Yeah. How and that, hard is that's that? what we're about. Yeah. It's just, it, it just, it just the right thing to do, but yet yeah. I don't understand it. We'll pay everyone else's bills in the world except for the people who really deserve it. Yeah. It's backwards and it leaves people like me wondering like, what in the heck are we, why, why did we do what we did? And yet, guys, are, guys and girls are still signing up for the military, still signing up to be cops, 
firefighters, medics, nurses. You know, my, my crazy beautiful redhead, she's a nurse now. She's an emergency room nurse and, and also a nurse paramedic because she saw my nursing care, these beautiful people that literally, literally helped me back from, from almost dying. And now she said, I want to do that. So, so the silver lining for me is I almost thank God for my cancer because of the good that came from it. You know, my daughter going out there making a difference. And now it humbles me into, into basically being able to feel for people and try to understand their situation. And now try to be a voice for them and say, yeah. hey, you know, we need to notice these people. And it's, it's sad. It's one, of my, one of my friends is an Afghani veteran who was seriously wounded on the battlefield. He cried and he said, what do we do? Why do we go there? Out of 150 men in his company, 13 died on the battlefield, and 15 have taken their lives back home. Mm. And, and that's only going to increase because yeah. of the betrayal, yeah. because, because the, the backs of our government have been turned on these brave, beautiful young people. And it's sad. I want to get to that as a last issue. We've got just a couple minutes left, but this is such an important topic. The way, it isn't the fact that we exited Afghanistan, it's the way we exited that has made everyone from firefighters and NYPD and intelligence people that worked the war on terror to the soldiers that were there, the intel people in theater, uh, this sense of betrayal, you're, you're in this community. How palpable is the betrayal of the way we exited the war? Oh, John, I mean... The, the folks that I know, you know, I call them the warrior class. You know, um, I'm, I'm proud and honored to have most of the people in my circles served in the first responder world and the military world. And I don't mean that in an exclusionary way. I, mean, I love all, all walks of life, but it's just they're a special breed, these people. They sure are. And the common denominator is they just feel so let down. And, you know, I was talking to a couple guys the other day, and we were using this analogy. Would you leave the door of your house open and would you leave weapons on the kitchen table and a note saying, here they are, but please, please don't hurt us. We left massive amounts of weaponry and basically the means of destruction right there for the enemy. Now, I understand about long-term campaigns and conflicts. Eventually, it's got to end. I get it. You know, my, my sentiment, launch some of those beautiful big missiles that we pay all those taxes for and see how they work. You know, do surgical strikes. You know where these dirtbags are? Take them out. Make them into a pile of glass. But so we back away. And in my limited military, you know, knowledge and experience. So you're going to say, let's retreat. Let's leave. Let's run. But let's leave everything behind. And now if it was logistically impossible to get that gear out of there, then destroy the gear. So the enemy six months from now can't kick your ass with your own equipment. Exactly. It makes no sense in the war. A first-year cadet would know that at uh, West Point. Oh I mean, that's God. what's crazy about it, isn't it? John, an eighth-grade history student would that's know right. that. That's <laughs> right. You're right. That's exactly right. And look, I'm not going to throw any politics at anybody. I don't give a shit what they believe in. Right. Sorry about the, the language. Uh, but that's okay. I, I, just, I just feel like... You're with you an know, Irishman. Yeah, there you go. Exactly, John. God, you know, as my as my Irish grandmother Nora would say, God, the rest of those politicians, they're all like dirty diapers. They're full of shit and they stink. And, and it's true. They, right. They're all full of crap. It's like, come on. You know, the biggest concern right now of the United States is if we're not secure, forget all these other things they're pitching, all of these other issues that are dividing us down the middle. Guys, if we're not secure and some big bad enemy comes walking in here, it don't freaking matter. 
That's right. We're going to be under someone else's rule. And, you know, I don't think most Americans are aware of that, that the level of severity right now is, hey, if, if, if someone's looking at their enemy and they see that they're limping around and they're weak, they're going to come storming at them and knock them down. Yep. And, you know, John, there was a beautiful soul named Hank Miller, and he was at the 1993 bombing, and I was with him. And he was my senior man in ladder company 105, which was my command at the time. And the aftermath of that explosion, we looked around and we were at the rim of the crater. And he said, you know, kid, they blew it up in the middle. But he goes, if they would have done it in a corner, they would have beat us today. And they would have dropped the tower to Canal Street, which is a half mile up the street. Right. Well, you know, John, a cruel irony is Hank Miller was on duty 9-11-01. And he was the senior man. And the young the young probie, as we call them, the young new firefighter under his charge was a gentleman named Dennis Oldberg, Jr. He was my beloved, beloved lieutenant from Ladder 114, Dennis Sr., who saved the on-duty crew in 114 truck that morning. No kidding. And Dennis, and yeah, and Dennis and Henry died together. Wow. But Dennis said to me, um, excuse me, Hank said to me, make no mistake about it, kid. They're going to come back and they're going to do it right next time. And John, he prophesied that he was right. They yep. did. He sure, he he sure was right. Was, he was 100% right. And in my heart and in my soul, in my big Irish heart, Scandinavian heart right now, is fear. The fear that they are ready to launch it. It's just a matter of when. We had a training manual in 1994 that had a picture of the towers with a target on it. And it said, not a matter of if, a matter of when. And John, my fear is, we just gave these Back guys. We just gave them the ammo to start the firefight against us, and that's freaking scary. Yeah. And most Americans not even confronting them right now because they're just unaware. Take politics out of it, we are in jeopardy. Yep, it's about and our country. Uh, yes, sir. Republican, Democrat, Independent, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't protect, matter. The greatest doesn't matter. Experiment. Just like the morning of 9-11, right? The morning right. of 9-11 had rich, poor. You had religious, you had non-believers. Yeah. And you had people of all walks of life in that tower. They all and they work were together. All taken. Yep. And now it's the same thing. We have people who all work together to save the ones who were taken. So if we don't start working together now, we're all going to end up taken. And that's a scary prospect. Yeah, we don't want that. Well, no, uh, sir. No, sir. Nils, how do we support what you're doing? If someone has been inspired, and I know I am, uh, by everything you talk today and all the issues you're trying to bring to light, whether it's the curriculum, the uh, 9-11 uh, ground zero victims, uh, how can people get involved? What's a quick and easy way for them to jump in and get right behind you and, and support what you're doing? Well, John, I can't thank you enough, sir, for the shout out and for the, for the time. And you've been generous. Um, the podcast is called 2420podcast.com, 20FOR20podcast.com. And it's sponsored by Iron Light Labs. Those were the folks who were kind enough to, to donate their time and get this put together. And if you go on the site, you'll be able to listen to the podcasts. We, we're now up to number five. Uh, we have a, a wonderful Lieutenant Colonel. Yes, sir. This, uh, yesterday we dropped number five, and we have Lieutenant Colonel Ted Anderson, who was an airborne ranger assigned to the Pentagon the morning of 9-11-01, and he was brave enough to go in and rescue a bunch of souls in, in the midst of all that was going on. And if you look at the site at the bottom of the podcast, there's there's links to the charities that we're, we're we're promoting and Tunnel to Towers and this Feel Good Foundation. And we're also going to try to get up a link for uh, fire family transport for the FDMY. And um, we just ask folks if they're, if they're kind enough, if they can make a donation, great. 
Um, the listenership is important because we have some folks that, you know, if we get enough listeners, then they'll make some big donations. So we're just asking folks at the very least to please give a listen. If you can pass it on to some family and friends and just ask them to, Hey, please don't forget. Um, just please remember, please remember these, these beautiful selfless souls, these heroes, these wonderful people, and these people who are now still in the fight, fighting for the victims. You know, I call John, John Field. He's this lion of a man. Yes, I call him the, protect, the protector of the protectors, right? He's the rescuer of the rescuers. We're the people who willingly and proudly will go in there. You know, my friends gave all of their tomorrows so someone can finish out there today and have their tomorrow. Well, John's the guy who's making sure that those guys who got sick from it and their families are covered. So any donations going to a really good cause. But just getting the word out there is our most important mission right now. So please listen. Listen to the, the brave honesty of these great people and just ask other people to listen to them and just don't forget them. Uh, it's, it's such good, good words of wisdom. And Niels, we're not going to forget you either. You are such an inspiration to anyone who values what America is and the goodness of it and your living proof that all those who say America's days best are, be are already behind us have not yet met you. And when they do, they will be convinced oh, no, that they're sir. still ahead of us. <laughs> John, I thank you. And I've lived overseas. And you know what? I love this country. And there is nothing like There's it. Nothing We're not like perfect. It. We're not perfect. I'll say that, but yeah. we are we're the damn best one out there. That's and you know what, John? I have a huge credit card balance with God right now. I need to pay that man forward and pay him back for, for my blessing of life, my second chance at this life. And this is why I'm, I have a new mission. I used to love helping people. I used to love putting on that bulletproof vest as a cop. I was a city cop for two years before right. the fire. Right, became a firefighter, right? And, yeah. And I, yes, sir. And, and you know, in the army, and I used to love suiting up for those jobs. Because I knew then I was going to get a chance to help someone that day. And I was getting paid to do it. I would have done the job for free. Now, I never told Bloomberg that when he was the mayor, right? Cause he would have <laughs> yeah, he might have taken you up on it, right? Oh, damn right, he would have. <laughs> but, but John, if, if you said to me now, I could go back tomorrow and ride that truck. Sir, I'll be sprinting to that firehouse and to, to jump on that truck with those guys. You know, we called, we called 114 truck the Shamrock Battleship because we had a big old Shamrock on the side. And you know what? Some of my proudest moments in my life were driving that Shamrock battleship into battle with the best, best human beings that live in America. I just don't want them forgotten, sir. And I really, really thank you for that opportunity to get that word out there. I really appreciate it. We are grateful to you, and uh, we hope everyone listening today joins in behind you and, and uh, joins this cause. It's the most noble cause you could have in America. Niels, we'll get you back in the show soon. Thanks again for so much time today. It was a really great, really great discussion. John, thank you, sir. It's my honor. And thank you to everyone out there who's, who's protecting us, who's putting their lives on the line for our safety and freedom. Thank you, sir. God bless you and God bless America. Amen to that. All right, Thanks. folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. 
Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, that wraps it up. It is time to get to the weekend. Hey, throw some Kansas City steaks on the grill. Just remember to use the Just News promotion code. You get 15% off and a uh, free shipping right to your door. Your steakhouse is going to be made. You don't have to go to the restaurant. You can turn your backyard, your kitchen table into your own high-quality steakhouse from my good friends at Kansas City Steaks. Don't forget to do that. Um, We are uh, heading into the weekend. We've earned it. Busy week, tiring week. We're going to have a lot of great news over the weekend. At Just the News, we'll be covering the J6 Justice for J6 rally at the Capitol tomorrow. We'll be uh, writing on some important things, including how American allies in Europe are peeling away from Joe Biden, having buyer's remorse now after several flubs on his part. A lot of good uh, stuff. We're going to have a story about the border. You're going to want to check this board out. Remember this woman's name, Bethany Blankley, one of our new reporters here. She's got a barn burner. When you wake up tomorrow morning, go to Just a New Site. You're going to see an incredible story by Bethany. All right, that's enough hints. That's enough tips. You know what to do. Check out Just the News whenever you need a news fix. We are so grateful you go there. Buy some of those Kansas City steaks. Throw them on the grill. Get 15% free shipping off just by using the Just News code at KansasCitySteaks.com. All right, folks, God bless you. Have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday. Buckle up. What an incredible week ahead of us.